Welcome to the Interim Whisperer, the show all about the future of work. Today's guest, Phil Zeman. Very nice. Glad you're here, here Phil. It's great to be here, Isabella. Thank you Thank so you much for having me. So our show is all about education, innovation in business, and the future of industries and jobs. Phil, tell us about your educational background and why you chose to pursue a career in banking. Sure. Take your time on that one, too. Yeah, it's it's a long story. I was actually, um, my first career was in in restaurant, not really. I was a a waiter and a bartender down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where I was born and raised. And frankly, it was a really, really good job. I enjoyed it a lot. But I knew I wanted to get an education. And um, I made a couple attempts at it. And somehow I wasn't able to figure out how to balance the nightlife of bartending and waitering and higher mm. education. So I figured the only way I'm going to be able to do that is to go somewhere else to get my college uh, degree. So I, I ended up in Louisville, Kentucky, actually. What's the school? University of Louisville. Okay. You know, go Cards. All right. They have a good football team, I guess? Uh, they're, they're starting to. When I was there, they weren't very good until, and then Howard Stellenberger came on in 1986 and program started to turn around and they've had a couple of good years, but mm-hmm. they're not doing really well this year. Mm. I've never heard of this school. So that's uh, interesting. Yeah. How far great. away is it from here to it's, there? That's a great basketball um, school. Won a couple of national championships. The uh, degree that you got though, what was it from? Louisville? So, you know, I went to um, University of Louisville and, you know, got, went through the first couple of years and, didn't really know what I wanted to do. I mean, I knew I wanted to, I wanted to learn about business, right? right? And, right. and I was pretty good at math. So I figured, you know, why not accounting? So I, that's what I kind of geared myself towards. And, um, and I, it was a great learning experience. You learn a lot about how financial statements work and how to manage them and things like that. So I, I think that was a really good foundation for what I do now as a banker, mm-hmm. but at the time, you know, the, the, it, the big glory of coming out of college and public accounting was to get a job with a big eight accounting firm, yeah. now the big four. And so I got a job at Ernst and Winnie and, you know, that was a, a great accomplishment I felt at that time. But when, when you, when I got into it, you know, the first few years in a big eight accounting firm are, are kind of brutal. I mean, you're, you work all kinds of hours, which that didn't bother me, but you're pretty much relegated to a, you know, a corporation's boardroom or office and literally ticking and tying numbers. Oh my God. You know, you'll get a trial yeah. balance and say, okay, you got to validate all these numbers. And, and you, you, I mean, you do that for two or three years. I'm pretty sure you had somebody come in with like shoe boxes or bags of receipts and say, here, fix this. Well, that's, it out. those, that's like working with individuals in, um, in their taxes. This is, yeah. I was on the audit side. Okay. And that's so, better. you know, when you come into a big eight, at least back then, you're, you're kind of given a particular industry to work in. And I was in banking and insurance. Uh, so, and, and I really liked, I liked working with insurance companies. And the, the, the beauty of that for me was I got to meet different people at different companies, but the, the grind was just, I didn't, I didn't, I really didn't see the, you know, I couldn't, I was just because of immaturity, probably more than anything else, mm-hmm. to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And one day I was at a uh, bank, uh, we were auditing a bank, Citizens Fidelity, which was subsequently bought out by PNC and I was there during that acquisition. So that was a cool audit, but I, I, one of my responsibilities was to audit the commercial loan portfolio. And so I would literally go through these files, you know, and read a credit memo where the loan officer would write this memo about his experience meeting with the, the owners and, you know, some of the key employees about the business. And then you had to look at the financial statements and kind of do a little analysis on, you know, what transpired over the current year. And I'm like, man, this is a, this looks like a really cool job because, you know, you're looking at loans and you're trying to determine if they would qualify for the loan based on their financial condition, as well as kind the of feels management. Like being God a little bit because yeah. you get to make some decisions and no see you, no inside. you know you don't because really? when you when you bring it back the credit people is the one who makes the oh, decisions so too bad. You, you got them to deal with as well but you know i when i was reading through those credit memos i'm like man I, that's just something that really appealed to me and i was in louisville at the time i born and raised in south florida and 
I remember this one audit, it was February, and I, I so vivid this memory. And we commuted to Frankfurt, which is about 50 miles east of Louisville. And it was a like a, a February, rainy, dreary, cold morning. And when you commute, you're going with a bunch of people. So I was in the middle seat in the back seat of a little Toyota Corolla with oh my five God. people in the car when crew commuting back and forth to Frankfurt. And, and I'm sitting in between these two folks and it's dreary and it's like, you know, 33 degrees. So it's cold and drenched, not enough to snow and it's like overcast and the news report came out and or the newscast came on weather report. And the guy said, yeah, it's, it's overcast 75% of the time here in the Ohio Valley. And I was like, I'm from Florida. And I'm like, what am I doing here? Right. You know? And I was, I was in Louisville about eight years combining between college and, and working. And I uh, said, boy, I'm going to put out some feelers. So I'd come down to Melbourne from my buddy's wedding the year before. And I called him, I asked him if he knew any bankers and he introduced me to this other gentleman. And, you know, one thing led to another, I got a, interview with the HR group in mm -hmm. Melbourne for this bank. And next thing I know, it, we were moving from Louisville back to Florida to Melbourne. And that's really how I got into banking. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. So one of the things that I think is uh, about personality types, you know, usually people that are numbers people are more introverted, you know, and how they certainly process things, but also they're a little bit more quiet. So you gained all of this extroverted skills, if you will, by being in this one area, and you've been able to carry that through in your banking career path, which I think is unusual, because normally they're a little bit more quiet and reserved, and you've got the best of both then. Sounds like. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, in, really, I think in any profession or any job, you really have to have a, a good balance of a lot of yeah. different type of things. And you know, that would be one thing that I would tell a young, I have two young sons and that's what I tell them. I mean, you know, you, you understand what you're really good at. You know, yes. So you try to refine that and be as good as you can at that. But then more importantly, really understand what you're not so good at and work on that. So you have a nice balance. So I that's, agree. that's really how I kind of view those type of things. And, um, you know, so far it's done pretty good for me. Your kids, what are, are they following in your footsteps? You know, they um, they are, I guess they are to a degree. You know, if I, you know, in retrospect, if I had to go back through college, I probably would have gone the finance mm -hmm. route versus accounting because I think you get more into the creative financing aspect of a business and versus kind of auditing right after the fact. Yeah, you finance know, the, is the future. Fin yeah. Accounting is present, the past. Yeah, year. so they both have... Uh, finance degrees, one from UCF, Zach, and Zane has one from UNF, and Zach's at Merrill Lynch working in the alternative investments area, and um, actually, he's got, he got a promoted recently to New York, but they, um, because of COVID, they, they asked mm -hmm. him to stay here, and either they'll be in Jacksonville Beach, and, and Zane started out at CSX, and he's now with FIS, so wow. in the, he's in the finance department of those, that organization, so yeah, I guess they to some degree, they're following those footsteps. Yeah, they are, because that's a really good, it is. Everybody needs an accountant. Everybody needs somebody that can do projections. The projections lead into sales. So, you know, it's, those I think are really key career paths. And usually men are, you know, geared towards that. Not as many women. Have you seen more women in that area by chance? Yeah, there were, I mean, when I got hired on at, um, Ernst and Winnie and Lowell, there's probably 20 something in our hiring class. And, you know, I think white males were probably 50%. And then mm. women and, and African Americans made up the others. And so, you know, I've worked with women my whole career. I mean, right. I've, I've had two bosses that have been women. And, you know, I don't, I, I don't really. I know it's out there and because mm -hmm. they tell me and I, I read the newspapers and listen to the news reports about the, you know, the, the uh, pay scale differences, but um, you know, having worked for women, yeah, you know, and I, you're you know, not seeing it. I don't, I don't, you know, I just haven't had that experience, you know, and yeah, even, that's with, good either, even with colleagues, I mean, level colleagues, I'm pretty certain we're, we're pretty much on the same pay scale. Yeah. You know, it's obviously the talent is, is just as, as great, if not better, mm -hmm. you know, um, so yeah, I've had a lot of chances 
to work with women as colleagues and as you know working for them. And so I that's nice. Your wife is she by chance also in that she accounting is. finance? She is. Yeah, yeah. So the whole family. Yeah. So all right. Well, it's my new wife. I've been married a year with her. Gotcha. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. So did you have an I, internship? I did. Actually I did up in Louisville. I worked for I had an internship at Capital Holdings, hmm. which was a big insurance company at the time. Um, and you know, and it's very similar. I mean, in fact, that's how my my one son got his job is he he made a point to really go to all the job fairs. Mm-hmm. Really he was take strategic. the time. He was. He took yeah. the time because he didn't at the time anyways, I don't think his GPA was where he wanted it to be. And um and so he really focused on building relationships. And so he was able to capitalize on that experience. But and so the, my point is I think you know, the opportunities to in turn are pretty, you know, mm-hmm. plentiful from my I perspective. Always have I think it's very important to do that. A lot of finance and accounting students that come in and they ask for internships. And I say, okay, well, you know, the choices, I don't always have a lot of ends with banking. That's why I'm really hoping that, you know, we get to have an opportunity to partner together in that area. But um, I've sent them into commercial real estate because there they get to do a lot with mm-hmm. the, you know, the spreadsheets and doing some projections and, and just really getting their hands into it. And they've enjoyed that quite a bit. So we know that you volunteer at a number of organizations in Central Florida that focus on investment and startups. So what is the most interesting startup you invested in? Whether as a bank or I don't know, personally, I don't know. Yeah, Do you invest I, um, I don't invest in um i haven't i mean i've really just recently in the last year and a half or two years have gotten into that space of volunteering you know i do a lot of volunteering at score also and um you know you're you're dealing with a lot of companies in the really concept stage Mm -hmm. they have an idea Mm -hmm. and they want to see if they could you know develop it into a, a viable business opportunity and so i um so I've been I've been doing that since 2004, so about 16, 17 years, and it's just really interesting to see the the skill set and talent of people. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, when up until that point, you know, I'm as a banker, I, I'm dealing with a lot of successful folks, but they're already you know established and you know making their money, and you know they're really at, at that stage. They're you know, they're kind of in the process of trying to figure out how to grow or scale or, you know, develop another product. So they're very, you know, they're already business savvy business people. Whereas at uh, looking at, you know, talking about somebody uh, at a level of, you know, concept, it's just interesting to see how they came up with that. But the one thing that I've, the the most important part in my perspective of getting a business off the ground is that business plan. Oh yeah. You know, it's, it's, and I, and I, every time we always, that's the number one thing we ask you, where's your business plan? And, and right. it, it doesn't need to be a fully drawn out 50 page comprehensive, you know, with all the research in there. Although I would think at some point you'd, you'd want to do that, yeah. but you know, you have to have gone through some process to determine whether or not your idea is viable and, you know, who's your competition, how are you going to compete about, how are you going to compete against them, what the market is, how much of the market is, you know, realistic that you're going to be able to capture things like that. You know, that's just not something you can think about. You got to do a lot of research. And so when I'm talking to somebody about, you know, putting up a business plan and score and the SBA has a great business plan template. You know. I actually have um, recommended that I've taught um, entrepreneurship at Rollins and some other schools. And I always will send them to score because their templates are so good. Mm-hmm. And they have the formulas they built are. in there. And they are. I mean, it, it, it's, it's 30, the, the template itself is 30 something pages. And, mm-hmm. you know, when people, when some people see that, they're, they're just kind of overwhelmed. overwhelmed by that. And, you know, when, when that happens, I always tell them, I mean, you, I mean, I don't tell them this, but I'm like, you, you need to look yourself in the mirror and see if, you, if this is something you really want to do. Oh, because this is like the hardest thing you've ever done. But, but I mean, if, but if you had, if you want to do it, yeah, you want to do that. Yeah, you, <laughs> you know? definitely do. Um, and so that, to me, that's always the telling point of whether somebody's really got 
uh, mm -hmm. passion really to do it. And I always tell, I, I facilitate a funding your business workshop at SCORE. Mm -hmm. And so in one of the first or second pages of the, the um, PowerPoint, the first page says, you know, 80, 70% of startup businesses fail within mm -hmm. the two years or something like that. And then it asks the question, why do you think that is? Mm -hmm. And then the next page is lack of capital. Mm -hmm. And I and I tell people that's, I mean, that's what scores. So, I mean, that's the reason what the research tells folks. And I totally disagree with that mm -hmm. because I believe that if you've gone through the whole process to really, you know, do your due diligence, research the market, like I mentioned earlier, and do the business plan in some form or fashion. I mean, you, you got to go through some step and some research to right. validate your concept, whether it's, whether it's a product or service and whether you're going to be successful out in the marketplace. And, you know, one, I would think you'd be really excited mm -hmm. about doing that to find those things out. And so um, if you, and, and I, I still believe this, and I always say, you know, as being in 30 something years in financial services, I've seen a lot of successful businesses and, and some that aren't so successful. And the one common ingredient, and from my perspective, again, the one common ingredient that is in every successful business person is passion. Oh yeah. yeah. And you know, it's that passion that, you know, we all know, we don't know, we all don't know everything, you know, we're skilled at certain things, but we don't have all the capabilities to run, to start up a business and run, but you'll, that passion is what, helps you figure out, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, or seek out that person or that resource. We have a plethora of resources, as you know, here in Central Florida to help small businesses, but it's that passion that helps you bring all those things together to um, get that business plan together, just really validate. You know, I, I, I keep, you know, I'm tired of saying business plan, but, you know, just doing the research yeah. that it takes to- It takes um, that to be able to find that right product. Fit, exactly. Product and and once- a person goes through that process and they, one, they're going to confirm that it is a great opportunity or mm -hmm. secondly, and as importantly, they're going to confirm that it's not right. And that's good. Yeah. It, you know, why waste more of your time and other people's time if, if it's not going to work. And so I, um, and I can relate to it cause I've, I'm in my second career of banking and I started uh, back in a long time ago and started my career mostly with first union and when, when they became really big, they were a great bank, but they got all of a sudden they got really big in like 1999. I think they did like 30 something acquisitions in 18 months. But wow. and they had to streamline processes and you know centralize certain operations and things like that. And I, I figured I I learned at that point in time I'm not a big bank banker. Mm -hmm. And I just so happened at that time had a couple of buddies that former customers that became buddies and um we started a business and I, I did a business plan and it, um, you know, it validated certain things and, uh, and, but it made, it helped me make that commitment to go to the next step mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and to start marketing it and raise capital. And, yep. and I'm, no one will ever not convince me that uh, the way I view this is, is wrong because if you go through those processes and at the end of it, it says, yes, go past go, mm -hmm. um, you're going to find the capital. Well, you know, at Starter Studio, they teach lean methodology, <laughs> and so does uh, Rajiv. You know, he, he's a big fan of um, anything that's lean. Business model canvas and the strategizer canvas. That's something that I learned from Starter Studio, being in that program. And I, it's the mini version of the business plan, but it still is a really fast way to see, okay, is this a good idea? One of the things, though, that when I was teaching uh, people how to write business plans is I had this one person, she said, I want to open a home daycare. And I said, okay, well, you know, go through all of this step. I totally agree with you about the process. After she found out all of the licenses and the insurance that she would have to have, she said, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want this responsibility. And I went, there you go. There you it's go. a win. It's a win. Because people don't know what they don't know right. until they do that research. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's totally there. Did we answer your question, Robin? Um, well, I'll, I'll answer it. Um, okay. <laughs> I did invest in my business. Yeah. So, I mean, and then and it 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 was it did really well until the the market the recession of two thousand eight. It was re, it was real estate related. We were oh. a um, direct lender and 
So we had direct, we did direct loans to investors that bought distressed properties. Oh. Also known as hard money lending. Mm -hmm. And then we also had a, we had a, a separate, a second uh, area division called, um, we were correspondent for LaSalle Bank and a couple others for their small balance multifamily loans. So we marketed that nationally. Mm -hmm. And, and again, we were, we were really starting to make some headway and, you know, get, uh, create a brand, mm -hmm. you know, and, and then the market crashed and, and that put me in a whole different category where I learned a whole lot of different things mm -hmm. that led to what I'm doing today at the bank. So, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes those failures, well, not sometimes, you know, if you're stay open to the failure, it, you know, elevates you and you learn so much. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah it's huge. Uh, what advice do you have for our listeners? Um, if they or that they should know about coming into a bank for a loan. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, to, check your credit. Just, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Check your credit rating. I would think everybody had done that, and sometimes I'm fooled mm -hmm. by that. But mm -hmm. it's just like anything in life, it's just be prepared. You yeah. Know, it's it's not rocket science by any stretch. You need to have you know, if, if you're a startup business for one, you know that's not the area that we. Um, we are involved in the commercial mm -hmm. banks. You know, we, we are lending our depositors money and we're lending the uh, government's money, which is, which is consumers really. And so we have to be prudent. We have mm -hmm. to be prudent with those resources. And as such, we, we have to focus on businesses that, you know, are pretty much viable and have already gone through two or three years of from mm -hmm. the startup stage. So, but okay. in that, in, in that case, or really in any other case, you just need to be prepared, you know, to, to, because when you're looking for capital, whether it's equity or debt, you're dealing with investors or lenders. Um, you know, again, it goes back to that business plan, you know, because if you are a startup seeking, you know, seed capital or, or whatever, you, you have to be able to articulate what you're trying to do. And you're not going to be able to do that without going through all the research. So, um, and even even with an existing business, you know, I mean, ideally, you'd want to have a business plan that you update periodically throughout the year mm -hmm. because things change, the market changes, mm -hmm. trends change. COVID, hello. COVID, I mean, yeah. you know, that's one of the areas of the business plan that we really focus on is really having a contingency and really understanding what those contingencies are or what those mm -hmm. risks are that can affect your business and how are you going to be prepared to handle those risky situations and. That's really, as a banker, when I'm meeting a new business uh, prospect at, for the first time, you know, and say they're doing really, really well. And I, for, after we get through understanding what they do and how they've been successful and what they're going to, what their plan is for the next three to five years, I always ask, give me the top three things that could um, could create risk in your business. Oh, and, that's a and good that's, question. That, and that's really, really telling to me because. Um, there's risk in every business mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, always. And so it really lets you know how much time those folks have spent in that area of risk and what they've done to prepare for it because mm -hmm. they should do that. And that was, that was kind of really my downfall. I did not do that. Um, you know, nobody could at least, at least a few years out from 2008 predict the market, you know, declining that rapidly that mm -hmm. much but um even still you know in retrospect if i had to do it all over again it really would have been simply raising more capital to mm -hmm. get through that and diversify yeah. i mean diversity is a is a really important thing but as far as you know the the bank goes um you know i get when i'm when i facilitate funding your business i always get that person out in the audience that says yeah banks only want to lend money when i don't need it and, you know, sometimes it may seem that way, mm -hmm. but, you know, the way I, I try to put it in perspective for them is, all right, assume you're on the loan committee and we're, we don't do loan committees anymore. We have line authorities where we go to individuals that have the, have a, so it makes it more efficient turnaround. But say you're on the loan committee or you're, you're decision making. So, and this particular bank is going to use, it's going to allocate these loan proceeds from depositors monies mm -hmm. right and so you're on the loan committee and you happen to be that person's that we're going to use your money that day to lend the money out 
And so we're going to use, you know, the loan request is, you know, $200,000 and we decided to take 20 folks at $10,000 a piece, you know, from our customer base. I'm creating this hypothetical model just to make a point, but so everybody, everybody all those individuals are going to be lending $10,000 to this $200,000 loan pool to lend to this startup business. Mm -hmm. How comfortable would you be lending to, you know, your money to a startup business, knowing that the failure rate is, is high. Yeah. You wouldn't be, Yeah, you and wouldn't that, want to be. I mean, it, because it's yeah. the high risk, it's a high risk category. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and we, so it's not prudent, you know, and that's really, you know, banks get a pad wrap for that because, you know, everybody thinks they should be able to lend all businesses at every stage. That's not the case. You know, no, there's, there's, you know, I, I've, and that's, that was one of the most frustrating things as a banker to me is, you know, I'd be sitting across the table with somebody, by some, with somebody that it's clearly they have the talent, they have the experience because they worked in the industry and, you know, they've done the business plan. They just, you know, they need to find the capital. And that's frustrating to me it because, is, you know, is. during my first career, I, I would have probably said, yeah, I'm sorry, you know, that we're, that's not our profile of our type of business that we can help. So unfortunately, I'm, you know, we can't help you. And that, I, and so when I got back in banking the second time, I'm like, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to make myself familiarized with all the resources. There's got to be resources out there that can help these businesses. Right. So that's what I, what I really have been doing since I really gotten here to Orlando. Actually, I was doing a little bit in Jacksonville, but really finding, you know, going out, understanding what the resources are, what those resource groups are, and, and meeting with them. So how has banking changed since you first started in the industry? Because one of the things that I've seen is, uh, I don't know which the bank, what bank it is, Capital One, where they're just like, it's all online now. You can apply online, yeah. everything is online. I don't even, I can take obviously pictures of my deposits and send it in. So I've seen banks getting like smaller, you know, in size at least. Um, and I'm also intrigued by why SunTrust is that giant building and now they're this little small 10 story building. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm throwing a lot of stuff your way now. Well, obviously technology has had a huge impact on that. We can do a lot um, with less you know, folks. Automation. Yeah. But it also has created other opportunities in, in technology. So I was, uh, I forget where uh, I was in a meeting couple years ago and with the IT company and he said, <clears throat> you know, you're not, you're not a bank. Mm -hmm. I'm like, really? Because your center state is a technology company that provides banking services. Oh, that's a different way and, of looking at and it. And I thought about it and he's right. Yeah, and we're all, I mean, I, the, the world's going to every, company is going to be a technology company mm -hmm. providing X service, right? Whatever the service is. But to answer your question, you know, that has had a big impact on it. And I, and I, I was thinking about it on the way over here that, you know, I remember when we, when email first started mm -hmm. and, and I, and I'm, I'm amazed at what we did before, how we communicated, you know? And so, I think technology has had provided a platform for us to become more efficient. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, you know, I don't know how much more efficient we are. I mean, I think those that have really figured out and the process of how to you know, manage their day can be really efficient with technology. But um, I mean, I don't know, I, I get so many emails a day that Oh, it's overwhelming. I, I, you know, you obviously you scan through to see what the top priority ones are and you, you respond to them, but invariably you, you miss one. And I, I did that today and I just I can't believe it. But um, so that has had a lot of impact. And just like you mentioned, you know, we don't need the bricks and mortars of, mm -hmm. of branches so much. I mean, but I still deal with a lot of customers that, you know, want to want to come to the branch. And I like you know, seeing the people, you know, so, and I like, I like the people seeing us, you know, I think it's important to have, you know, personal relationships and, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of thought out there that, you know, at some point it's going to be all, you know, all in the sky, all in the cloud. Mm -hmm. And, 
you know, you're going to be able to do a commercial loan application. I mean, you still, you can do that now, but yeah, um, from start to finish. And I still, I, you know, at least on the business, even on the consumer side, I, I think you, um, you really need to have that personal interaction. And so I mean, that's what how we, our bank well, was founded as yeah. a community bank is, you know, you have folks that are involved and plugged into the community and, um, but there, you know, obviously there is a there is a place for total automation. You know, there's some folks there is, that but it goes back to just love to do it that way. What you were saying is, is that you made sure that you know what are all of the resources that are available. That sometimes if somebody's research skills aren't that great, they don't know what to look for. They don't know the keywords. They may not have the. They don't even know exactly what they need. So talking with another person is, I think, really valuable, and I think that is the value that anybody in banking brings because if you are afraid of talking about numbers you can go down and talk to a banker mm. they'll be able to help you either establish credit restore credit buy a house whatever it is that you may not know yeah. so there's always i mean just think about just what <clears throat> the the um the value of relationship it's just i mean yeah i mean everything of value i believe in life is relates to a relationship mm -hmm. with another human being mm -hmm, right yeah. you know whether it's your customer your spouse your kids your friend i mean and um so it's going to be interesting to see how it evolves i mean i, I know my both my kids are millennials and you know they're or virtually do everything no pun intended do everything yeah on the on the phone or the yeah laptop i agree, or, I agree. You know, so it's gonna be interesting and we adapt to that, but we're actually, as humans, we're made for relationship with one another. So we yeah. shouldn't be so quick to say, oh, no, I don't need to talk with people. COVID has been really hard because it's not being able to interact the way that we typically, even though that's, you know, part of what we were accustomed to, but it's also how we're made, mm -hmm. I believe. I think, yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So our show is all again about internships and remembering someone that gave us a chance so you mentioned you had an internship who was that person that gave you that chance and my goodness i hope they were a good mentor you know i would have to say um <clears throat> actually it was my former father-in-law that um i was living i would you know i went to louisville and i had i had three friends one in louisville one in chicago and one in saratoga New York when I decided mm -hmm. to leave South Florida and um, I, I drove up to North Carolina for a summer for a couple of months and uh, stayed with my sister and brother-in-law and at that point you know my sister says where are you going and because she knew I left South Florida because I was living I, I wasn't living with my mom but um I said I don't know you know I, I got these three options mm -hmm. and um so I literally opened up a map, you know, those things on paper. Oh, the old things, yeah. <laughs> Show, you know, I-75. They hang them on walls now. Yeah. They're decorations. Yeah. They're art. And I literally, I mean, you know, and they had the little things where that shows you the miles, each section, and yeah. added up with the closest place from Franklin, North Carolina, which is where I was with my sister and brother-in-law, and uh, Louisville. Louisville was the closest place. And so that's where I started. I'm like, well, I'm going to start there. Yeah. I think Chicago is not too far from Louisville. Doesn't work out there. Then I'll head over to Saratoga, New York. Yeah. I mean, that was just the mindset. And you know, I went to Louisville and uh, started working in a concrete block manufacturing company, mm -hmm. which was uh, further validation that I needed the higher education. I was literally oh. stacking concrete blocks off of a conveyor belt um, eight hours. A day. Oh you know, wow, that is. I hard. mean, I I used it as a mo you know motivation from the standpoint I was getting yeah. fit, but you know <laughs> at some point you know you after learned a lot three, about the construction industry, I'm sure. Uh, no, I was just no. I was literally was <laughs> taking concrete blocks off of a conveyor conveyor belt, gotcha. and stacking it on pallets, and it, there was a union, so I got exposed to what being in the in the union was like, and so, um, and. It finally wore on me. I'm like, I'm this okay. I'm, I'm done trying to be fit and you know justifying why I'm here, yeah. even though it was good, it was good paying. And um, so, my I was dating this gal, which we ended up becoming uh, getting married. But 
I had an opportunity through her brother-in-law's best friend to go to Cincinnati, which is only about an hour and a half or two from Louisville to um, work for this marketing company. Mm. And I met this you know, guy through the you know, soon to be father-in-law or brother-in-law. And, um, and this sounds like really good. And it would, probably would have been great because I like being out and I think marketing, I would have done really well in marketing, I think. But, um, and I was all jacked up about it and I was going, I, I told Annette and her, her parents, I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna go live in Cincinnati for a while. And, and obviously the father-in-law had different ideas. He goes, no, I think you can, I think we need somebody in our accounting department. That's right. That's where I actually got uh, familiarized with accounting. He brought me in. He's, his company was a pie pan manufacturing company. They, they sold the little pie pans for Morton's. Um, yeah. The, the, um, Hot pies. Hot pies. Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, TV dinners and all that stuff. That was a pretty fascinating experience to see at Lizard Manufacturer. But anyhow, yeah. so I went into the accounts receivable area of, of his company. And so he, he essentially gave me my first intern job, you know, and, and I really viewed him as a mentor. He was, he was really, he did take time and explained a lot of things to me about business and because he was an entrepreneur and did very well. And, um, but, um, and then I, I started going to University of Louisville and accounting and that's how it went. But, um, you know, mentors, I mean, I, if I wish I knew, you know, then what I know now about right. the importance of, you know, seeking out a mentor. Yes. You know, they're out there. There's a lot. I mean, you know, through Star Studio and yeah. Score and other other organizations that mentor. But there's a lot of folks out there that want to help young mm -hmm. kids in college and help them, you know, understand what you know the the next stage of their life looks like. So I think it's really important to introduce kids, you know, at that stage, young young adults, to that mentor network. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I. I I wouldn't change it for, I mean, it just kind of happened that way for me. I, it wasn't strategic where I went out. I need, I know I need a mentor to help me understand what this next stage in life's all about. I didn't do that route, but um, it's incumbent upon us as folks in the business yeah. community and, you know, to kind of help folks know that those resources do exist in the marketplace. They sure do. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm going to presume that, you know, as a parent, you've been able to parent your kids, but do your kids, See you also as a mentor, did they? Uh, I think they did, you know. Yeah. I think they did. You yeah, because there's a definite separation between those two. And it, it is, it's kind of interesting as a parent how parenting changes, you know. Um, again, it's all predicated on where your child is at, mm -hmm. their, at a certain point in time. And, you know, there's going to be, th and it's really more you, you wait for them to seek you out. Right. You know, they've, they've had plenty of, you know, the first 20 years of me being in their face and telling them the way <laughs> things should be, mm -hmm. you know, and now they're, they finally made it. They, I'm very proud of them and they, they've done an extremely great job to get to where they are today. And, um, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll reach out to me on certain things and, you know, I, I yeah. just tell them what they want to hear and versus, you know, trying to over parent. Yeah, that's very, very true. What would a typical day look like for an intern um, to work with you in your business? Yeah, we just, we just, I think I mentioned to you the other day, we just started an intern program and um, I was, I'm, it's amazing to me. I mean, I was glad that they, that we have it, but in having gone through them, you know, early in my career, I just saw the value in it. But uh, so we just started it and the, and the mentor uh, was um, it's set up and this is the commercial area, right? So they mm -hmm. spent a week, I think, um, I think, it depends where they are. I think there's two categories, if you will. One is they're, they're interviewed at their junior year before they go in their senior year. Or maybe it's their last part of their junior year. And then the last part of the senior year is the two types of categories. But so, you know, they want to, you know, explore what it's like being in commercial banking. So they spend a, a week I guess I think it's probably a three or four month process or even longer. Usually maybe, maybe it's six. three to four months. Yeah. yeah. Week so, sounds like maybe shadowing. So they spend yeah. some time in the classroom, but then they'll spend like the one, the guy I was with, I think I spent, spent a week with them. And so, and I'm real involved in the community. 
So I spent time <clears throat> because he's he was meeting with my other colleagues, you know, about what it's like to, you know, meet with a business owner and you know talk to them and understand what their their needs are, and then coming back and putting together a program uh, to go back with them and let them know how we can add value to them with meeting their needs. And so I knew that was being taken care of. And then they'd spend another week in the credit department to understand how we look at a credit uh, once once the loan officer relationship managers identified the opportunity we put together a certain amount of uh, paperwork or a, a, a program that goes to the credit and so they were getting that from other colleagues so i'm like well i'll just i'll take them around to some of the different um community organizations that i'm involved in i, I took on the star studio right and, and lift orlando and oep and and some others just to let them see what you know, being involved in the community is all about because I, I think I, I don't I don't think you can be a an effective banker without being involved in the oh, community. Oh, I agree with you. Without yeah. a doubt, and it's all great to be involved with the chamber and you know, some others, but you really need to um, understand what the needs of a community are. You yeah. know, and then that's where the leadership programs are all about. I went through Leadership Winter Park and Leadership Orlando, and that boy, I tell you, those programs are worth every single penny because you know you're spending usually eight or nine months you know a day a, a day a month over you know nine <laughs> month period with other folks other you know college or businesses individuals and so you're establishing a great network right from one from one standpoint that by itself is invaluable but you're also depending upon the day you're spending in government day or education day or healthcare day or financial mm -hmm. services mm -hmm. and and they really do a deep dive and introduce you to, you know, what the real issues are and, and all these different segments of your community. So once you go through all that, you really, I think, if you're, you know, if that's what you want to do, you're going to really figure out where you think you can add value being involved in your community. So I think that's, um, that is critically important. So that's why I took the intern through that route. And um, I think he enjoyed it. And uh, the folks that I introduced him to and, Kind of like a field trip. Yeah, so it really been, was. And then the yeah. folks that I, I took them, I did an unbelievable job. I mean, Steve Hogan at took a floor of Citrus Sports, and then Eddie Morton at Lyft Orlando, and I think it was Donna at the time um, at, at Starter Studio, or maybe it was Lillian. But anyhow, she did a great job. And you know, I, I all I said is, "Hey, we got. I, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm spending the our intern is spending a week with me, and I thought it'd be really mm -hmm. cool to." bring them around to introduce them to you guys. And, you know, you tell them what's going on in your organization. And so they, and they did a fantastic job. So I think he got really introduced to, you know, some pretty good community organizations and, and what that means to be involved with them. So I agree. So that's how I spent my week with him. But he, like I said, he, he got to see every aspect. Uh, he, Andrew Marietta at the time, um, got to see every aspect of what our day looks like as a banker. Mm -hmm. So, so what do you think the future, because these are all people that are looking to get jobs and if they're going into banking, what do you think the future of banking looks like five years from now? Okay. So is it going to be like more automated or. It's definitely know? going to be more automated, but um, I got to think there's going to be more consolidation just like mm -hmm. center state bank and South state bank merged um great merger because we're three we're in three states mm -hmm. georgia alabama florida and south states and the carolinas north carolina south carolina and virginia so they're contiguous and it really good gives us a great footprint and and they had a cut they have certain products and services that they do really well that's going to you know create a much more powerful and value-add organization we have you know, different types of products and services that we bring to the table as well so i think you're going to see consolidations and not for the sake of call it consolidation i mean i think south state and center state bank is, was really strategic and i think it's gonna you know we're we were always founded on the principles of being a community bank we're able to make decisions quickly because we have the decision makers right here locally so um i so to answer your question long 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 way to answer your question but I think you will see a lot more consolidation going on. And I think, um, 
you know, think technology is going to have a big say in it because I, I, I wish I had a crystal ball if you was going to be like, in front. Right. I mean, they, right. you know, it's just, it's changing exponentially so fast. I think that they're, we're going to, like you're saying, the consolidation, but I think it's going to be more of like uh, employment services are all coming into yeah. this. And then anything that's in that space of obviously mortgages are part of it, but it's going to be so much easier to do some things and, and to move money around. It seems odd, but um, if I had bank accounts with different banks, I can move money within my bank. But there was one time I had a different bank and I could actually move it from one bank to a second a different bank. And that was like huge. That was a big deal. But I guess that's hard to do or something. Yeah, I haven't figured that one out. I mean, I use um, Venmo. Yeah. Venmo's a something unbelievable. Too. Yeah, but they're not cool. set up for business. No, though, they're still. not yet. It's all personal. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just, you know, again, that's going to be a big that's going to have a big impact on on banks. You know how mm -hmm. these other third party sell, and, um, and I, I bet you banks going to own them. You know, they're going to so. gobble them all. Yeah. So it's, it's just going to be interesting to see what we do, and it's going to be exciting for sure. But you know, nothing's going to take away the value of interpersonal relationships, oh, right? No. And you know, that's one other thing that I <clears throat> I would tell an intern is to to network. Yeah, you, know, you should be looking for your job like when you got into the college. You don't wait until your last semester to do yeah, it. Yeah, I'm convinced yeah. by one son. That's exactly how, I mean, it was, I remember he, um, when he called me right before he got hired, about two or three months before he actually got hired. And he's like, eh, I'm pretty excited. I, I'm down, like I made, made the short list. I'm like, oh, really? He goes, yep, I'm one of three. And CSX is a great company to work for. I'm a Fortune mm -hmm. 50, 50 company. And um, like, man, that's awesome. Zane, tell me about your, your, uh, who you're competing against. One was a already, uh, I don't know if he's working there as an intern, but it, that person had an MBA mm. and was already out in the workforce. And the, another one, the second one was almost done with his MBA. And Zane wasn't even graduating yet. I mean, oh, he, wow. he was like two months. And he got the job? And yeah, he got, and I'm, so, you know, fast forward to when he got it, he called, called me up. I was, I was more excited than he was. And I'm like, man, that's so, that's unbelievable. Zane. I, I'm so proud of you. I'm like, but I got to ask you, you know, when you told me who you're competing against, I mean, I mean, I thought you were a distant third place, you know, how, yeah. what, well, what did it, you know, he goes, yeah. he goes, it had to have been just because I established a relationship with him. He, like I told you, he's, he, I don't know, probably early in his junior year, he started going to these job fests and um, making friends with the recruiters. And he is making friends. And I guess, I think he, I think because he threw her through all his um, buddies at school and just CSX is headquartered in Jacksonville and knew that CSX would be a great place to work. So he made a point to get, have a relationship with those folks at mm -hmm. CSX. So they knew him. I mean, yeah. you know, by the third time, and he, wherever the job fair was, whether it was UNF yeah. or somewhere else, he would go there and just, you know, talk to him and really. That's and he's, how he made he's, himself He's a very out. personal young man. So, and they liked him. And, you know, that, that, you, that is probably the most important skill or attribute or quality that somebody can have, regardless of where you are in life, is your ability to interact with people and get along. Yeah. And so, and he's got that gift. And so, I think that uh, obviously did do it because I don't, oh, plus their grades were like, all of them were like 4.0 and he was, yeah. Yeah. so he was behind on that piece of it too. And so it did, and that's what it is important. And that's why I tell people, that's why I say, you know, that experience as a, in the restaurant business, as brutal as it can be at times, it really taught you how to deal with uh, difficult situations. Mm -hmm. And then just the, the speed of having to remember orders and you know, serve them on time and just the ability to think on your feet, I think was very valuable, but you know, the networking piece of it and like, you know, just like you said, just going to these job fairs, but just getting out and even like you networking in general, mm -hmm. you know, the business person that's trying to get funding. I mean, what trade organizations are you involved in? What do you mean? What trade organizations? What do you mean? What trade organization? There's your industry yeah. has a trade organization or some kind of organization. Professional or professional organization. Are you a member? No. 
you got to be. Yeah. You got to be involved. You got to be out there because those are all opportunities. You know, I, I always say every single interaction, whether to it's, me, standing, it's like dating, everything is like dating to me. They've heard me say this yeah. many times. Yeah. But I mean, it's every interaction is an opportunity, whether it's if you're standing in line at Publix or, you know, just having some mm -hmm. conversation, well, albeit short, you never know what can come from that. That is true. And so just the same way as, trying to get funding and as a business, whether you're trying to get a job in, in school or trying to get that next loan for the bank. I mean, you got to be out and you got to be present. And I can't tell you how many times, you know, I know there's a networking event. It's 530. I've had a long day and the networking events at six o'clock. I'm like, Man, I do not want to go. You know, I'm just spent. I'm not going to even, I won't be valuable mm -hmm. to the, the people I'm going to. And Every single time I drag myself to it and every single time it energizes it does you, right? every and every single that's exactly what happens every I could be like a long night the night before couldn't sleep for whatever reason got up early worked really hard that day and I'm just I'm spent. But I go there and you know you're around people you start talking and every single time I either come away with saying man I'm glad I met that person or you learn something. Yeah, you know something happens as and, and you're energized. Yeah, because you're around people and your adrenaline kicks in and it's just it's fun to be around people and try to um you know establish more relationships and but that's uh, that is if I had to narrow it down to one thing uh, for a young He's student smart. coming out of school to do that will make you successful, it would be constant networking. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And I always uh, teach people, you know, go into LinkedIn, start yep. connecting with your own peers, go to your industry groups that they have on LinkedIn, Facebook has them too, but then also go across other industries because you, you need to be able to know a lot of people. Yeah, you do. You, do. you yeah. need to do it. Um, yeah, so yeah, definitely. Well, like I said, it's like dating to me. Everything is because you always want to present your best self and, you know, it's about establishing a relationship. I want to ask, um, what is your best advice to any students that are majoring in finance or seeking a career in banking? Oh, I think he told us about Zane. Yeah. yeah. You know, I get mean, to know that, those you know, people. I, did, I really, it's just. Um, is there anything specific other than, like you said, the network? Is, networking yeah. is very important. Um, how important is uh, Excel? Extremely. As oh, long yeah. as you know how to. No, you gotta, you gotta be, yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know how you today come out of college without being technically savvy. I mean, yeah, I yeah. well, you know, they know how to use it for school. They don't always know how to apply it in yeah. the business setting. That's different. Yeah, they will. I mean, it, I mean, I can't tell you how much I, I was just on doing Excel spreadsheet last night for my house. I mean, from, you know, I mean, you yeah. use it. That's yeah. I mean, yeah, you'll use it constantly. You'll be using it so much that you don't even know you're using it. That is true. But as far as what advice I'd give somebody in finance coming out of college, I mean, honestly, the number one thing I would say is, you know, even if you're not, um, you know, you don't need to be an extrovert, extrovert but mm -hmm. um, you got to, you got to do that. I mean, one, just being in, I mean, it's just, a, you learn talk so much You talk to people. I mean, it's every, every single interaction is an opportunity and, so I would say if you're, you know, if, if that's not what you believe to be your, you know, what you think you're going to be good at, get over that and then just figure out how to get comfortable with it because it's, it's a hundred percent critical and um, <clears throat> it's fun. I mean, you'll meet a lot of people. I don't know. Ask I, questions, I, right? Know, ask questions, obviously. If you don't I mean, want to talk about yourself, just ask questions because people will tell you about. Well, things. that's right. I mean, that's, I, you know, you're invariably you're you're meeting somebody and you're who are you what do you do and you're sharing that information but people love to talk about themselves and their business mm -hmm. so and that's what I want, I want to learn about the folks and I want to know you know their their business I want to know you know where they're from how they got to Orlando and you know, what they like about Orlando and mm -hmm. do they plan on staying here you know I've I fell in love with Orlando I and I came here reluctantly you know wow. I I live growing up in South Florida. I lived where I was living. I was living on the beach in Jacksonville and Neptune Beach. I was living in Melbourne. I lived in Tampa a little while. I've been all the places in Florida. I've been on the coast. Mm -hmm. And when it was a buddy, actually a buddy of mine that I, I grew up in banking with was recruiting me to come here for a bank. I'm like, and he even said, I can't, I can't 
I can't move Orlando to the ocean, but Orlando is a pretty special spot. And in my only exposure at the time about Orlando is bringing kids here for Disney World. And yeah. so, like most people, and right. uh, you know, the OEP has a great slogan, you know, Orlando, here's the other half. Yeah. You know, and there is so much. I, I tell you what, I mean, with, and all the different communities and Winter Springs, Winter Park, Winter Garden, Winter Haven, you know, pick all the winners, Mayland and Altamont Springs. I live in Lake Mary and you know, down in Conway area. I mean, there's just so many cool places in Orlando and uh, Dr. Phillips and, you know, I can go on and on, but really the business climate is what kind of sealed it for me with all the dynamics that's going. I mean, Luminar just went public. I know, you know I saw that just a couple last week, and Jason, um, Jason Eisenhorts, and you know they technically headquartered in uh, California, I think, but all their employees, majority of the employees, and Corporate the brain thrust is here. here in Orlando, and you know the, the folks that they got on board there mostly came up through UCF or you know one of the other colleges mm -hmm. locally, and so that is a great example of what's happening in Orlando. Mm -hmm. um, you know, start talking about uh, start a studio fat merchant yeah you know, they just got another round of funding they came through star studio i mean there's a lot going on in orlando and you know we're not where we really need to be from the standpoint of having capital available to help these startup companies but we're getting there and the community's focused on it you know mayor deming put together a task force around affordable housing which is a huge mm -hmm. issue everywhere but really here a lot and so there's a lot of cool folks out there you know Mark Brewer, Rob Pinapino, and Sandy Hostetter that are you know working hard to get uh, funds started, help developers uh, do some of these because there's, there's a big backlog of projects that are out there that'll be you know start tomorrow if the funding was available. We're trying to get involved with those to to do that. So Orlando is a great place to be, and um, I'm happy I'm I'm here. But and the only way that I got to have that feeling about Orlando's I've been out in the marketplace networking mm -hmm. and and uh, you got to want to do it obviously right so that's the advice I mean a lot of kids some may intuitively know that's important but most probably don't even know that that's true you know and then when you tell them that what's what is networking you explain to them you know those folks that are you know more introverted than others may not see themselves doing that mm -hmm. you know and so but if you're going to be in a position that has relationships management involved you have to everything does you know yeah i, I mean i can't i can't it doesn't matter when you're in a department you work with i mean another even person. being an auditor you know you're, you're still interacting with people and you know even if you're not i mean even if the community for whatever reason you know can't, doesn't particularly add, if i can't see it not ever add value but just i can't imagine you know where i'm at now and having been involved with all the different organizations and going through certain leadership programs that exposed me to what's going I can't imagine you not wanting to do that. You know, you know, we always complain about, you know, I do about, you know, because I'm one of them voters, you know, we're, you know, we're ignorant on most mm -hmm. topics of what's what we're, we're, we're voting on, you know, so you really need to, you know, be proactive and get out and understand the voting case, understand what the issues are. And just like being involved in the community, how can you be in a community? and not really understand the dynamics yeah. of it, where it's going, you know, and because, you know, policy is based on all that anyway. So it all kind of comes together. And the way you optimize those are to be network is to network and, and do that. So that's, that's really, I already, like I said, Isabella said, I, we talked about it, but I can't overemphasize the importance of that. Yeah. So meet more people. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Exactly. Meet more people. So how can people get in touch with you, Phil? um yeah, google google me i guess well, no. i mean no, I know, it, should they look you up yeah, on like uh, LinkedIn oh yeah or, I'm, on, I'm on linkedin and you know, I'm, or, do the, you know at your center you state know, bank center state bank i mean my my telephone numbers you know on my linkedin i think yep it is and um yeah i'm i'm people can call me i leave my business card with folks at score when i do a workshop and all right well thanks so thank much you. appreciate it Intern Whisperer is brought to you by Cat5 Studios who help you create games and videos for your training and marketing needs that are out of this world. 
Visit Cat5 Studios for more information to learn how Cat5 Studios can help your business. Thank you, Cat5 Studios.